What's going on, CG? I'm your host, Aaron Lloyd, and this is episode 60, 60 of the Creation Grounds. That's incredible. If you've been rocking with me this long, I appreciate you, and if you're just joining, welcome. Before I get into this next interesting, intriguing, marvelous, magnificent guest, I want to encourage you, yes, you, to like, share, subscribe, tell people about the podcast that you think will get entertainment value from it, learn something from it, and just get some, some great inspiration, motivation, and all of that. This episode is kind of interesting to me because this is a family member, a family member, and through this family member, I discovered something very interesting about someone in my family that I did not know about. Now, this family member happens to be doing artistic things, so I thought it would be a great opportunity to have him onto the podcast and kind of preserve this history um, of my great-great-grandfather, who I just found out is a World War I hero, which is crazy. He has the Purple Heart. So I did not know this. And in this episode, Perry James comes on to talk about his grandfather, my great-great-grandfather, um, which he is adapting into a historical novel, which he has ambitions to eventually turn into a movie. He's been doing presentations, all these different things. So in this episode, he talks about just the lineage of of uh, four infantries within World War One of colored, segregated Infantries um, and what they had to go through, and just kind of educating younger people who may not know about this kind of history and just the contributions that men like this have made to the country and, and democracy. Um, so, in this episode, we we dive into that um, and just just his process of creating that and doing the research and all of that. Enjoy this episode with my family member Perry James. Welcome to another episode of The Creation Grounds. I have Perry Jane, who I recently discovered is actually family, discovered some interesting things, and just wanted to have him on to talk about it. Um, So, Perry James, how are you, sir? I am wonderful, Aaron, and I'm so grateful that we have this opportunity to talk about uh, someone who's near and dear to my heart, and after you find out more about him, I think you'll be enthused as well. For sure, and and what is your before we talk about who that person is, who I'm really fascinated by? What is your favorite military film? That would be Glory. I love that that single Denzel Washington tear gets you gets you every time. Absolutely, and <laughs> it's so so much mirrors what happened to uh, the men in world the African American men in World War One. It just parallels the story quite a bit. Yeah. And tell me about a defining moment in your youth. Where'd you grow up and what kind of defined you? In my youth, I grew up in uh, the rural part of South Carolina called Sumter, Sumter County, actually, in the rural area. And one of the, the defining moments was when I won the, the half-mile race for the first time. Um, it, back then it was called the 880. Now it's uh, better known as the 800 meters. And I, I think I actually still hold my high school record for that as well. And I really enjoyed it because it gave me an opportunity to uh, perform as an individual, but yet still be a part of a team when they roll up our scores together at the end of the track meet. 
and I proved to myself that I could compete in something and win. And um, particularly when it's like a sink or swim type of situation. And it's, it's based on my effort and energy that I put in. And it, it was just a very uh, huge confidence booster in my life. I love that. I'm not so familiar with track. Is that kind of like an endurance run or a sprint? It's it's a little of both, actually. It's a half a mile two times around the track, and um, so it's and then it's two, four hundred meters races all together at the same uh, at the same time at the same heat. Uh, the four hundred meter is the true sprint. That's the toughest race in in track because you're running around a quarter of a mile as fast as you can go uh, for a quarter of a mile. And with the 800, it's two of those together, but you have to uh, be strategic and not burn yourself out too well in, in the very beginning. You, you have to strategize as to um, how fast you're going to run your first leg, make sure that you stay up on your, your opponent and uh, save some energy to complete the race. I love that. And that, that kind of parallels kind of this journey that you went through in discovering what would be my great-grandfather, your father or your your your, your grandfather, correct? My grandfather, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, there was a lot of, before we kind of introduce who that is, um, well, we can right now. His, his, his name is Perry Lloyd, right? Um, and tell me the story about your initial interest in Perry Lloyd and how did that interest all come about? And then we can get into who that is. Sure enough, sure enough. Uh, well, I'm Perry the fourth, and it's kind of ironic that I had uh, three brothers that were born before me, and my mom decided to save Perry name for me. And growing up in um, Sumter County, I would always hear these fascinating stories about Perry Lloyd, my grandfather. And uh, so he was looming larger than life. However, he, he died 10 years before I was born. And I've always wanted to find out more about this this larger than life guy. I mean, they, they gave him uh, the nickname of Boss one time because he was not afraid of anybody. These, this is the information that had been passed down to me from um, the older generation who knew him personally. And so I, I really wanted to find out a little bit more about him, a lot more, all I could, actually. And so I, I went to the, the grave where he's buried, and uh, I started there with his military-issued tombstone. And with the information that was on the tombstone, I was able to then launch my my extensive research into him. And then once I found out more about him, then I dove deeper to find out more about the African-American soldiers that he served with in World War One. What was the biggest and challenging, most challenging part of your research process, um, and why? Why, besides him being your family, what did you discover about him that is just phenomenal? 
process of getting this purple heart what what was that like because I, I understand it was very arduous um, it wasn't very easy yes thank you for bringing me back around to that because it was not easy um, you know, sometimes I, the military just in our system of government will make you prove beyond a shadow of a doubt sometimes to a detriment because you, you know that you're confident that what you're seeking is, is accurate. Uh, and so the, the initial thing that I, I did was I said, I'm going to contact my, my state senator's office immediately and, and, and cut to the chase uh, because I knew I was going to need help. And fortunately, uh, Senator Tim Scott's office provided me with the initial assistance that I was seeking in getting the Purple Heart for uh, Perry Lloyd, Sergeant Perry Lloyd. And so we, uh, with their help, petitioned the Department of the Army. They turned us down. And I'm saying, folks, I I sent you a picture of his military-issued tombstone. I don't think that you would issue a tombstone to someone who had less than honorable uh, discharge. And after I proved that, there were a couple other hurdles that they, they threw up against this, but my background is, is uh, sales management. And I, I know from that experience 
when someone tells you no, that means that they don't have enough information to tell you yes. And uh, so I gave them additional information and uh, this happened about three times. And finally, I'm at mom's house one day and got the email and it says, your grandfather has been awarded the Purple Heart. Wow. Mom and I. Mom and I were jumping around like you thought we won the Mega Millions. (laughs) We were ecstatic. And not only that, he he got, he was awarded the United States Award for uh, participating in the World War I. That was an an additional medal. And one of the most prominent medals that he received, in fact, his entire regiment received, was was the Croix de Guerre medal, and that was the French medal, the highest medal for bravery and uh, assertiveness and ability to fight in a wartime situation. It was the highest medal. And that was impressive. That that is uh. That's, I was about to ask what makes you most proud about this story, but that's all those kind of accomplishments and achievements. And I'm just I'm just proud that somebody like that is in my family line. So I'm I'm glad to connect and learn more about him. Absolutely. And one of the one of the most impressive things that I am impressed about is the fact that the regiment that he belonged to was the three seventy first Colored Infantry Regiment. They were the only regiment, infantry regiment, out of four regiments that were segregated African-American who were trained for combat uh, in World War I, the first ones. And um, they were the only regiment that consisted of drafted men, primarily from South Carolina. And so there was a, a tremendous variance of men who showed up. You had preachers, teachers, cotton pickers. Uh, um, uh, you had sharecroppers. My grandfather was working in a sawmill when he got drafted. And four months after he got drafted, he was promoted to sergeant. Wow. And, and that. And that's pretty impressive. Normally, it takes you know quite a bit of time, and the criteria for getting advanced so quickly is that you have to show a certain level of intelligence, a uh, certain level of, of physical abilities, and a certain level of leadership. And out of the three thousand three hundred men, uh, African American men in the three seventy first. He was chosen to be advanced, uh, advanced to sergeant in four months. It's incredible. And that brings me back to one additional thing. I believe with all my heart after doing all this research that if he had the opportunity that he could have been one, one great officer. But, of course, African-American men, particularly in the South, were not allowed to be an officer in the military at that time. Uh, during that era of World War I, uh, they were not allowing African-American men to fight in combat in World War I. 
And so there was a petition by some of the notable leaders of that time. And I, be- I feel that this is the actual beginning of the civil rights movement. Uh, uh, notables like W.E.B. Du Bois and others actually petitioned uh, the Department of the Army uh, and told them that we need our African-American men to fight in this war because they felt that through battle, through war, heroes are born. Additionally, they felt that we want to show that we are dedicated to the democracy of the United States, even though those men who wore the uniform could not wear the uniform, that when they wear the, wore the uniform overseas, they could not wear the uniform back home for fear of being lynched or killed. But so the Department of the Army relented and says, okay, well, we will give you four African-American regiments of men, African-American men, and train them in combat infantry to participate in the war. So it was a big experiment. Everyone, most people, except the African-American community, wanted these men to fail. They had four regiments, all total, the 369th Infantry Regiment out of Harlem, New York. You may hear more about them. Mm And they actually introduced jazz to Europe. A gentleman by the name of Lieutenant James Reese Europe was the band leader, and and he was part of the 369th Infantry Regiment, went to France, and and, uh, started playing jazz music for the French. And then there was the 370th Infantry Colored Regiment out of Chicago, Illinois, and then the 371st, our regiment, out of South Carolina, and then the 372nd, out of uh, the Mid-Atlantic states, Maryland, Delaware, uh, and those states that make up the Mid-Atlantic. And so these regiments were real experimental regiments. And, and a lot of people, the establishment, wanted these men to fail. And things were put into place that would promote their idea of having these African-American men to fail. What makes this an important story to tell and preserve, in your opinion? We're, we're, in, we're in a pretty tumultuous time. And um, with a lot of anger and a lot of misunderstanding of people of different heritage and background in here in the United States. And I do believe that if people are more aware of the contributions that were made by African-American men in World War One, they may have a better understanding of an appreciation of the contributions that these men made under terrible circumstances, the contributions that they made to defeating 
Germany in World War One. Additionally, um, you know, I, fortunately, I had a good relationship with my father growing up. But there may be some little young black kid who's looking for a hero. And if they got the information about the my grandfather and the other world World War One African American soldiers, then they may walk a little taller, hold their head up a little higher, and be a little bit prouder of their heritage and believe that through it all, they can be successful and uh, and follow their dream. I love that. And you're kind of you're kind of creating that now with a historical novel. Where where did that idea come? Where you it became research. You got the Purple Heart form, and you said, "Now I want to preserve this and kind of create a historical novel." What was that process like for you? Well, fortunately, I I've always wanted to write a novel. Uh, many many years ago, even before I knew anything about or before I completed the research. Well, the research is not complete actually. Uh, before I got all the information uh, about um, Sergeant Perry Lloyd and uh, the other men who fought in World War One, um, and so gathering all of that information, I thought and I felt and I feel that I have to share this with other people. Um, I, I think that there's a lot to be learned um, from it. And the book that I'm writing is, is a historical novel, whereas the historical part of my writing tells you about what happened during this particular time in our history and, 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 and where it happened and what were the conditions. The novel designation actually puts you in that situation as you are reading it. You can feel the intensity of battle. You can feel the bigotry that these men faced. You could feel the, the, the leadership that Sergeant Perry Lloyd um, displayed to be promoted to sergeant in such a short period of time. And so I, I, I'm, I'm so happy that these things, my desire to write, plus the knowledge of this 371st Infantry Regiment was, was the perfect fit for me. And when, when do you think this is going to be released? I know you said you're in the final edits. Do you guys have a release date yet? We hope to release it by... December the 15th. Okay, so there, soon. Yeah, there's a there's a big possibility that we could release it around Thanksgiving, but I, I don't want to over-promise and under-deliver. Uh, but one of the things that I tell people is, when I talk about the book is, particularly at Christmas time, what a great gift to give your family the gift of 
knowledge, the gift of heritage. Uh, so uh, it's a legacy piece. And I do believe that this will be a book that's worthy of being on the coffee table for people to see when they come visit your home. I love it. It's awesome. And it's being released on Amazon. Do you know how, can you speak about how, where it's going to, is it going to be in Barnes and Noble? Like what, what are your plans there? Uh, my plans is to um, have the book distributed with reputable companies, organizations. Uh, you're just not in the game if you're not on Amazon. So of course it'll, it'll be on Amazon uh, and it will be available in first editions and haven't really worked it out yet but I, I, I for people such as yourself and other family members and friends I want to be able to autograph the book so that part I got to figure out uh, however it, it, it will be ready by December 15th yeah man I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it and when this thing is a movie, I, I, I pray that I'm in it, <laughs> being an actor. So, I got you, my yeah, you know, we will definitely, uh, you will have first dibs on a major part. I love I promise it. You. I promise you that. I'll make sure that that happens. I'll write that into the contract. Please, please do. I love it. And what book have you gifted the most in the past year? What, uh, say again. What book have you gifted the most in the past year? Um, oh, the book that I gifted was uh, Suli, and um, that's by John Grisham, and I gave it to my sons and my grandson in hopes of encouraging them to read more, and I, I chose that book because they all are graduates and my grandson is attending North Carolina A&T State University at an HBCU, historically black college and university. And all three of these men matriculated through it, and one is still there, of course. Uh, and, and so I figured that they would be interested more in a story about a African-American basketball player at an HBCU. And I, I try to motivate them to reload little bit more because I think that what we don't do uh, enough of is read it, it, it really opens your perspective on life when you look at situations other people have been in uh, you learn a new word you increase your vocabulary it, it gives you more of a conversation piece when you're talking to someone uh, so yeah. I, I read a lot, and I uh, get to that book in hopes of getting them to uh, read a little bit more themselves. That's great. Yeah, I agree 100%. And we, we kind of spoke um, when we were talking on the phone when I first discovered um, Perry Lloyd that this potentially in the future might could be a good play I, I know that you were doing a, a play around schools and um, portraying him maybe bringing that to New York or or whatever but what what are you what are you working on now that people should look out for and what do you desire to work on next if it if it's not in yet existence that's that's great 
uh, question to ask Aaron. Um, I am in my final edits of the book that I'm writing. Uh, the book is uh, going to be entitled Sergeant Rohai. And that's the nickname that I came up with for Granddad for Sergeant Perry Lloyd because uh, Mom would tell me about how he would make rawhide whips by hand and how sometimes at the stillness of the evening or early on the, in the mornings on the weekend she could hear the whip crackle around in the yard and so I, I, I have conditioned myself to hear that same sound of that rawhide whip being cracked by granddad. And additionally, he would break wild horses and mules for the people in Sumter County. And they would say that he was the best of the best in Sumter County. And he had this chestnut colored horse that was a really large horse for that era. And he also had a beautiful saddle that has all the studs and things in the saddle. It was just adorable saddle. And so with the nickname of Rawhide, Sergeant Rawhide, that will be the title of the book. And it, I believe it's, it's, and I'm not saying it's just because I wrote it, but the story is phenomenal. And it, it takes you through not only his military career, but leading up to the military career. How, what foundation did this man have that gave him the confidence and the courage to become a sergeant in the Army? Because some people... At that era, they, they didn't know what was going on. Uh, they, they didn't have any experience and not any exposure to, to military growing in, in rural South Carolina. Uh, but yet still, he had a foundation that gave him insight into what he could do. And, and it was a smart move, I mean, because sergeants actually make more money. So he wanted to save money and buy his own 40 acres uh, when he got out. And so that motivated him, I do believe, to uh, get promoted in rank. Now, what I do is I give presentations to fraternal organizations, to associations, to schools, to military locations. Uh, and I give presentations. I dress up in a replica uniform that my grandfather would wear. And with his medals, with his sergeant stripes, and with other uh, stripes that are on his uh, military jacket, I dress up in the uniform and I have some artifacts from World War One, And I give these presentations. And 
the very first presentation that I gave was about two years ago, and it was to the Daughters of the American Revolution. Wow. Yeah, believe it or not. And um, so I was new at this. This is my first one. It was raining like crazy, and it was a two-hour drive. I was all nervous. I was praying. And, and when I got there, the reception was great. And um, even with all the rain, um, the, the ladies came out. And after my presentation, I got a standing ovation. And they, uh, some of the younger members came to me and said, Mr. James, you have to write a book. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. And this is Mr. James. That book will then turn into a movie. And if if I do it right, and I put legitimate effort into it, then hopefully it it will be a movie. I believe that it will one day. Um, a screenplay is definitely something that will work. Uh, so there's just so many avenues that Sergeant Rawhide could move in and effectuate pride in the people who are reading it and who share the heritage with this man. And not only folks who share the direct heritage, from a entertainment standpoint, the book is funny. Uh, there are several scenes in it that you're just going to crack up laughing. Uh, and um, it's it's tear-jerking at times. It, it makes you angry at times. But there's a love story in it as well. Okay. So this story is just not about Sergeant Perry Rawhide Lloyd. It's about those approximately 15,000 men from the four African-American regiments that made up the 93rd Division. It's broad. It's about these men as well. And they deserve a high amount of praise because at the end of the war, there was this big battle called the Muse Are Gone Offensive. And then, so if you were to imagine a line from Washington, D.C. down to Florida, all moving at the same time, going to the east to push the Germans out of France once and for all and end this war. Well, the 371st was part of that, and they were moving so fast in that line until... The order was given for them to slow down so the left flank, the French on the left, and the single police soldiers on the right could catch up to these African-American men. And there's a phrase for what they did, and the phrase is, apex of the attacking salient. Wow. You'll, see that on, you'll see that on the front page of my historical model. I love it. Cool. And I ask all my guests this. When sure. you think of the word creative, who comes to mind for you and why? 
Um, actually, I think of my mother because uh, because she she came from a humble beginning and she had gosh I think eight brothers and sisters from South Carolina and everyone except her migrated to the north in search of better opportunity work and getting away from the vestiges of the Jim Crow South mm -hmm. but she she stayed because she married my father and they started having children and she had to be creative because of the meager existence that we had. I mean, they were scrapping people. My dad was uh, sharecropper for a while, and um, she had dreams and ambitions of becoming a teacher. Uh, and she, she made those things happen. And she was creative from the standpoint of figuring out, with my father's help, how they're going to feed and educate and love these children that they had. And so she is now the matriarch of the entire community that we're from. And all of my sisters and brothers, there are five of additional ones, have friends who come by and visit when they come home from out of town. She is a phenomenal person. Wow. So I think of, so I think of Elise Lloyd James. I love it. And, uh, you know, God willing, this thing will be a movie and, and uh bestseller and all that kind of stuff how can people connect with you if there's any producers screenwriters any anybody that just wants to hear more about this how do people connect with you they can they can easily call me at uh, my cell number is 803-351-8111 or um, they can reach me on my personal email which is pajaz spelled P E J A S seven five four seven at gmail dot com. Additionally, they can go to my website, which is SGT Rawhide R A W H I D E dot net. I love it. And reach me that way well it's been a pleasure and, man yeah and, and Aaron thank you so much I, I really appreciate you feeling that this is a subject that's worthy enough for your podcast and I wish you success in all of your endeavors and, and I'm impressed with you and I, and, uh, I think good things are, are, are in your path thank you